Okay, can you see me on Facebook? I think you can. Can you see me on YouTube? I think you can. And yes, all right. And we're going live right now. Hello everyone, welcome to Kabbalah Explained Simply. I'm Leo Spiegler. I haven't been here in a while and I'm so happy to be back and uh, spend some time with you today. Uh, if this is your first time hearing about Kabbalah, seeing about Kabbalah, today's lesson is going to be a little different. It's not really a lesson, it's more like a um, an exercise in perception. We're going to just challenge some of uh, the ideas that we used to have about reality and perception and bring uh, Kabbalah's view on on that topic. Uh, the way Kabbalists see the world and perceive the world uh, is something that's really different than how we see and perceive the world. And from their point of view, they were able to write to us, to explain to us over the ages, uh, what is the full perception of reality? Or, or really, what is reality? So... It's, it's interesting how so much of our reality, uh, so much of how we perceive reality is shaping our understanding of reality and it's shaping our every experience. But what do we really know? What can we really say about it? Those are big questions. They puzzle also the best artists, scientists, spiritualists, really everyone who is has ever had the, these questions um, is probably dealing with the same um, the same problem. What is this reality? What am I perceiving? Is there more to this reality? So today we're going to just kind of go into that a little bit. It's going to be less didactic than the usual uh, instruction. Also, if um, if you've never seen uh, Tony Kozinek's Perceiving Reality series, this is a great opportunity to, after this session, to go check it out. And uh, if you have seen it, that's okay. Uh, probably you're going to see a few uh, overlapping points, but we're going to take this in a slightly different direction. So it's all good. And what else? We have our great support team in the chat on YouTube and on Facebook. I hope we're going to stay live on both channels. Last time I was here, Facebook just flopped on me. So I hope we're going to stay live and I'm going to check the chat and see that we are. And if you have any uh, questions, please uh, bring them to the chat. We're going to try to answer as many questions as possible. We only do have an hour. However, if you have time, you can join us after the live session to a, a more intimate Zoom session where it's going to be just you, myself, our support team, and maybe 30, 40 other people. Uh, it's much more intimate. You get to ask questions. We, we typically answer everyone's questions there. So if this is your first time, really consider staying with us and coming to the Zoom, they'll let you know where to go and when. And I hope today's lesson will give you a, another simpler point of view on perception of reality. Also stick with us at the very end, we're gonna mention, say a few words about our upcoming retreat, North America retreat, the annual, the North America annual Kabu retreat in September 8th through 10. Uh, I have a, well, actually I have a slide for it, so I can, uh, there it is. Uh, in North America, 
Uh, it's not going to be make it real. Actually, it has a new name. Uh, it's going to be revealed soon. It's going to make it real plus. So um, stick with us. We're going to tell you more about it um, as well. And I think with that, let's uh, let's dive in. Let's dive in. So reality. Right? What what is there to say? Uh, you. You're born. You at some point you realize that you're alive, and you um, you begin to make your way through the world, mostly chasing pleasures and doing all kinds of things, everything humans do in this world. But at some point you realize that maybe uh, something is not as solid as static about this reality. It's more to it. It's more dynamic. But do you have control over it? Can you actually access the deeper layers of reality? Some might say, yes, of course, absolutely, no question. Some might say, of course not, absolutely not. This is it. What I see is what I get. And that's the end of it. And the truth may lie somewhere in the middle or (coughs) on a totally different level. Because today we're going to ask ourselves if we can actually (coughs) shift this reality that we're perceiving or shift our perception rather and by doing so perceive something new something else something more and do we even want to do it need to do it is it necessary do you need to go through life i mean is there a problem going through life with this reality after all billions of people have done it everybody was born lived and died with this singular perception of reality or did they? So we're going to try to tackle some of those things, not all of them, but, uh, but, but, but most of them, I hope. And I want to ask you a serious question. Some of you probably know that, that preamble already. But where are you? I mean, really think about uh, yourself right now. Take a moment to take stock of your situation. Where are you? Are you in a live talk? In front of a screen? At home? Maybe at work? Maybe on a bus? I hope you're not driving. Are you on a planet? In space? Are you relaxed? Are you anxious? Maybe other feelings as well. But can you point them? Are you in love? Who are you? Where did you come from? What are you doing here? What will happen in the next moment? Can you tell? Is this reality real? Is it really real? And ask yourself, what is my place in it? These are these are real questions. I mean, we, we're not asking ourselves these questions most of the time. We're just busy living, but um, but but they are um, they are re- real questions that uh, if you're a serious person living in a living a serious life in this world, you probably have asked yourself these questions. Maybe you ask them all the time, and that's why you're here, and that's okay. 
Or maybe you asked them once and forgot about them and now you're asking yourself again. But it's worthwhile contemplating those questions. And more importantly, what can you say with certainty about this reality? That is, that is the real question. I mean, what can you really say, but with certainty? Can you say anything with certainty about this reality? About anything, really. But we're focusing on reality. We're not talking about your next paycheck, your next meal, or what someone will say or do, or, or anything that will happen in the next moment. But what can you say with certainty? These are questions worth asking. And when you ask them, it makes us a little vulnerable because it opens us up to the possibility that maybe we're not able to be certain about those questions. Or maybe we aren't able to be certain about anything. Maybe the things that we rely on for certainty, like the sun rising and setting and, and the moon waxing and waning and me taking my next breath and all those things, maybe they aren't certain and we just behave as if they are certain to give ourselves a little sense of certainty. It's possible. Um, you know, there's this story um, in, a, in a, there was a movie called What the Bleep Do We Know about 20-something years ago. And uh, I can't show you a clip from, the, from, from that, so I just made a, a little a little uh, alternative clip of my own, just so you have it. But you remember there's a scene in that movie when uh, they talk about how the shamans were not able, in, the shamans, uh, the indigenous people in North America, although it's being told about other places around the world, other explorers coming to uh, with big ships to countries with um, indigenous people in those countries, could be North America, could be Australia, could be other places, and how these people... Um, did not see their ships, were not able to see the ships, um, were not uh, perceiving those ships. Maybe they're not, they're, they were so uninteresting to them that they simply escaped their their perception. Or maybe they were they were so new that they were that they were not able to see them. I mean, there's many stories in that movie. They they talk about how the shaman was able to see the ripples on the water. Maybe maybe he would he would get glimpses of the ships on the horizon, and uh, and by uh, by uh, looking at it over and over, he finally was able to actually perceive something solid approaching, and then he was able to tell people in his tribe, and then they were able to see it. But until he did it, nobody was able to, to see it, or nobody saw it. And And why is it? Because it's possible that the way our senses work is not exactly in the way that we think they work. It's possible that... Yes, we do hear and see and smell and touch and taste all kinds of things, but and and you know and this is our way of perceiving reality of grasping at reality, but that maybe it's imperfect or incomplete. If you think about it, the, the only way you're seeing this in front of you is because your eye is able to perceive individual frames, right? About twenty-four of them per second, to be precise, and because the you know the videos that you're watching right now is running at that speed or higher then you're able to see it as a continuous motion and the same for the world outside of you you're able to grasp it because somehow there's a continuity effect to um to 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 this uh sense of of sight it's called persistence of vision right that 
that because of that persistence, we see things in smooth motion, even though they may not be in smooth motion at all. They may be individual perceptions that, that are registered. In fact, one would ask, how can I be certain that what I'm seeing, you're also seeing? That when I'm looking at myself here right now on the screen, and I'm seeing this guy with a, with a, with a cop you hat and, and this shirt and this beard and all of that, and the glasses, maybe you are seeing something similar, but not exactly that. So think about your senses and your relationship to your senses and your limited grasp on your senses and in fact on how they work. It's amazing that we can go an entire lifetime not really understanding how our senses work. So think about it. What is your favorite sense? Maybe maybe write in the chat. I don't know if... Um, yeah, maybe yeah, maybe let's, let's do that. Let's do a little bit of chat magic here. So... What is your favorite sense? Maybe write that. Which sense do you trust the most? Let's see. Uh, okay. Oh, I don't know. I, I think there's a delay, so it'll take me a moment until I see the stuff you write in the chat. So just keep going. So what is your favorite sense? Which sense do you trust the most? Is it sight? Is it hearing. I did this lecture, I gave this lecture a, a few weeks ago to a, to a bunch of teenagers and, and everybody was like, uh, you know, sight or um, hearing. And, uh, and it's funny that these are the senses that we use the most, but those are not the most reliable senses if you think about it as well. Uh, even in court, you can just say you heard something. Oh, I heard him killing this other person. No, you have to add another sense to it, right? Whereas if you were able to touch that person, that's a whole other experience. And the sense of smell, if you think about it, it's so visceral and so strong, and we often kind of discount it, but without the smell, there would be no taste and all those uh, direct uh, stimulations of our brain by something as that is right inside of you, right? So uh, think about it also, I see it. Okay, sight, taste, smell. Okay, I get, I get a little bit of everything. So, um, okay, Hujiko says she trusts touch the most. Okay, sensible person. So, think about it also this way. Which sense would you uh, be willing to part with? If you had to give up one of the five, think about it. Think about how your reality would change if you gave up on one sense. And obviously you had it, and now you're about to lose it, so that creates a certain reality. But think about, uh, about a person who was born without a sense. I have a friend who was born blind. Okay, he was, that's, that's how he was born. He never saw anything. And, oh, actually, before, before I, you know, we'll, we'll do a little experiment in a second, but uh, we'll, we'll, he wasn't able to, to see anything. So his reality didn't even include that additional um, set of data to be able to make any sense of it. And yet he lived uh, what he called a normal life. Right? So it's a question. Um, you know, what is your favorite color? Think about that. Are you able to communicate that color to someone else? What is your favorite taste? favorite flavor in the world. Can you explain what is that taste like and why you like it 
to someone else? Can you really share what you feel and what you sense with another person? We always talk about how, oh, I, he's feeling me, she gets me, I can talk to them, I can relate to them, they relate to me, they empathize, they sympathize. We use all those words, but do they really have a direct grasp of what you are feeling, what you are sensing? That's a challenge. That's a big challenge, and we take it for granted that this is reality, and we're in it together. If you were somewhat certain about your capability of uh, seeing and grasping things, I want to do a couple of experiments with you. I hope it's going to be okay. Uh, let's see. So let me play you. Um, where is that? Uh, 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 uh. Let me play you. Oh, there it is. I want to play you a little um, experiment. You'll, I'll say what it is, just so I'm, I'm not sure if you hear it properly, uh, just so it's clear. You're going to hear a garbled sound, right? That it'll be saying something. Try to see, try to make sense of what it's saying. Is it saying, one, brainstorm, or two, green needle? Okay? That's the experiment. You're going to hear some garbled noise, and you're going to have to decide if it's saying brainstorm or green needle. Maybe you know that experiment. That's fine. Go with it. See what you can hear. Okay? So this one's obviously pretty bulky. You can see the base of it's really thick and bulky, which it kind of has to be for its functions. Okay. So you heard something. What did you hear? Maybe put it in the chat. Oh, that would, um, that would, that's, a, that's a nice thing. Put it in the chat. And were you able to change what you heard based on what was written on the screen? Brain needle, yes, a lot of people hear brain needle as well. Um, this is an interesting thing. Uh, and by the way, the internet is full of those auditory, uh, they're not exactly hallucinations, but they're illusions. Uh, they're also auditory hallucinations or other types of illusions. And there's plenty of visual illusions as well that you're probably all familiar with. The point I'm trying to make is that oftentimes we put a lot of trust on our senses. We put a lot of trust on what we perceive to be that which we perceive and we don't necessarily stop to um, to see if uh, if this is indeed what we're you know what's actually happening out there and this is right this is worth this is worth um, questionings every once in a while. I'm going to put another experiment, uh, just a few seconds of it. I hope it's okay as well. Let's see if you can count. I'll tell you what it's about again. So you'll see a bunch of uh, young people playing rope, jump rope, like with two ropes, and they're wearing colored shirts, and you need to count how many times the girls wearing green shirts 
are jumping the rope. Okay, that's that's the experiment. If you know this, you can sit, that, sit, relax, sit back and relax. If you don't know this, just focus on counting how many times the girls wearing green were jumping the rope. Okay, so um, hold on, let me. Okay, and okay, that's a jump. Okay, so now, so try to, okay, so try to basically count it. Focus on the girls, see if you can count how many times they're jumping the rope. Focus on the girls, how many times are they jumping the green shirt girls. Okay. How many times? Who 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 knows who who can tell us how many times? Write it in the chat. I will um anything else. Okay. Write it in the chat. I I'm just realizing that there was no audio probably on that clip and it's okay, but the audio adds oh, to no, the right. adds to the experiment. So now, how many times? Okay, Tadano says 26. Giselle says 38. Julie is a bit off the charts. Uh, Sleep says 30. Gerandi says 36, 33. Danielle says 29. Uh, okay, so the correct number is actually uh, 36. However, um, there was something else that you probably missed. Let me show you. Um, did you, I mean, you, you got the, the, the numbers close to right, but did you get the chicken? So, here's the chicken. See the chicken? That chicken was there all the time. I mean, walking around between the people. It's no joke, um, and you can check that clip also on uh, National Geographic. I'll give him credit uh, for this amazing clip. But uh, it, it is a question that we are left uh, you know, to, to, to wonder, what are we really seeing in this reality? What are we really perceiving? When I hear something, do I actually hear it? When I see something, do I actually see it? When I touch something, do I actually touch it? When I taste something, do I actually taste it? Yeah, I haven't seen the, the chicken. Good. So, uh, I'm realizing, again, you're a bit of a delay. So, you're seeing it. But, you see, that's, that's the point. Uh, it's very, very hard for us to do it. And um, harking, back to, harking back to what we said earlier about that personal stuff that you feel and sense... Um, it's it's very so it's very difficult. So not only is your perception incomplete, uh, also the stuff that you feel is almost in, impossible to communicate. I mean, you can't really explain. Uh, I'll try actually take a moment and try to think. How would you explain the color of this background? Uh, this background to a blind person, uh, and naturally, right, uh, someone born blind like my friend, without making any visual references. So how would you 
do that. Try to take a, a moment, try to do it, even put it in the chat. Uh, how would you explain that? And for that matter, how would you explain the smell of freshly baked bread to an uh, anosmic person, someone without a sense of smell? How, how would you do that? And again, that, that's not the point. You can find a lot of information on that online. The point I'm trying to make is that you live in a bubble. That is really what is happening here. You exist. You're born in a bubble. You live in a bubble. And you die in a bubble that creates a subjective reality. You live in a sort of a self-playing movie of sorts, the movie of your life, and you have no real way of knowing if it's really happening or not. Some of you may think of The Matrix, some of you may think of The Truman Show, you may think of Free Guy, all those attempts, and there were more over the years, but you live in a bubble. And the question is, is that a problem? That is really the the, 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 the deep question, and I, you know, I asked it in the very beginning, is it a problem that we all have our individual perceptions, we aren't able to perceive all of reality, only a certain fragment of reality? How, how small is that fragment? I'm not even going to tell you, but a small fragment of reality. We're not able to perceive all of it. We're not even able to be certain if we perceive it accurately, let alone convey it, communicate it to someone. Yet we are so quick to pass judgment on ourselves, on others, on each other, uh, in life, in court, in you know, all kinds of places. We, we, have, we have a very precarious situation, yet we behave as if everything is so solid. It's very, very interesting. What's more interesting is that we were able to somehow build some sense of a unified, cohesive society. You would expect maybe just millions of individuals living alone, afraid to see and speak to other people. But somehow there's a way for us to communicate something, to agree on something. And yet you can see today that even that uh, fragile agreement is crumbling, is, is, is failing to hold as it is. The, 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 word, of the, the word of the day, uh, according to uh, uh, the Davos um, conference, the, the rich people who meet once a year in Davos, Switzerland to discuss who knows what, they decided that the most pressing topic to, this, to, 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 to focus on this year is polarity. How polarized we are. And I would argue it's not only polarized between like right and left or uh, rich and poor. The, that polarity goes all the way down to the level of individual. It's me against everyone else. On occasion, I'll find someone who, with whom I share some agreement. So we can say, hey, we're together in this. Let's band together. Let's... Uh, agree on something. Let, hey, let's demonstrate. Let's protest. Let's demand someone acknowledges our existence, right? Sounds familiar? This is what we are. And in a way, it's not a joke. Again, there's a famous, uh, a famous allegory by, by Plato. It's called The Cave. I couldn't show you a video, so I made my own uh, video on Stable Diffusion. But uh, it's a, an allegory about a bunch of prisoners in a cave and they're chained facing the wall. Behind them, there's a, there's a there's a passage, a little bridge of sorts, and people 
cross that bridge as they go, a menagerie of people going about their daily lives. And behind that bridge, there's a fire casting shadows on the, on the cave wall in front of them. So they only see and hear, they hear these faint voices from behind and they see these shadows on the cave and that's how they make the story of their reality um, uh, you know, make sense. Uh, they, um, and, and, and they're trying to figure out what's going on, but that's how they live, that's how they die. Until one day one of them is released from the cave and he goes outside and when his eyes get accustomed to the sunlight, he suddenly sees, no, it's not, those were just shadows of objects in the real world three-dimensional, full of life, full of feelings and emotions and relations and all of that. And he runs back to the cave to tell his friends in the cave about what he saw. And he gets on that passageway and he starts to yell at them and scream. But alas, all they see is his shadow and they hear his faint voice and nobody believes him. Nobody wants to let go of their shackles and join him. This is an allegory that Plato wrote uh, almost a couple of thousand years ago. Uh, incidentally, uh, based in part on his studies with Kabbalists uh, in Israel at the time. All of Greek philosophy grew out of the ideas, the concepts that they learned from Kabbalists. But, I digress, the bottom line is that uh, people, humanity, always search to expand uh, the perception of reality. And we are... Uh, we are limited in how we perceive things, and, and some people recognize it early on. And I'm sorry. And in fact, Kabbalist Baal Sulam writes in uh, Test, the study of the Ten Sfirot, in um, part one, chapter 10, he writes, We have no attainment and perception whatsoever in any substance as our five senses are completely unfit for it. The sight, sound, smell, taste, and touch offer the scrutinizing mind merely abstractions of incidents of the essence formulating through the cooperation with our senses. In other words, we can't say with certainty anything about anything. But clearly something lies beyond our perception. I think everyone here probably felt it at some point in life you you had an experience you had a moment you had something that science doesn't quite explain uh, your common sense doesn't explain your senses can't explain it and yet you had an undeniable feeling an undeniable experience so think about it take a moment again and imagine what do you think lies beyond your senses and you can you can share it in the chat and Again, if you had some experiences, you're invited to share them, but as we've shown earlier, those are your personal experiences. Did any of it actually happen? Who knows? Who can say with certainty? What we can say with certainty is that to expand reality, to expand our perception of it, we need to expand our senses. That is something, at least something that we can have a grasp on, right? And that's what humanity is trying to do, has been trying to do, to expand the senses, right? Uh, spiritual people, religious people, philosophers, uh, shamans, medicine people, they're all dealing with that. Uh, some of them were given by nature a slightly expanded perception of their senses, or some of them. And they were able to use it to sort of try to communicate some of that 
a greater reality uh, to the people around them. But for the most part, if you look at history, most of them gave up on trying to tell people about it. Rather, they used their knowledge, their additional perception in, in the service of the society they lived in. They realized that you, they can't really use it. Uh, it's not something that you use to, to really self-benefit. Uh, rather, it's something that you can use in service of the society you were in, for the most part. Okay? At least that was their intention. But beyond that, I'm just going to play this. Maybe you've seen it somewhere also. But you know, if you think about it, science has also taken great strides to expand our perception, especially our uh, the way we perceive the universe around us. So we went from things that are very close, very near, uh, within reach, to understanding about our world, our planet, and then our solar system, and then the, the systems around that. And science did it by how? By expanding the way we view the universe. So in a way, we didn't really expand our, you know, we didn't penetrate the, the depth of perception. On the one hand, on the other hand, we did expand our vision by attaching machines, right? Machinery, technology. We use technology to expand the sense of sight. But even even then, we're not really expanding our senses because whatever the machines grasp, they still have to translate that to something within the range of our vision or our hearing. So we're limited even when we develop something that can perceive more, we're still limited. And that applies to the very big and the very far. But when you zoom back in and you go all the way back inside and you go deeper into where we are and into our very selves, you'll see that there as well we've reached a limit because uh, our ability to see the very small, to grasp the very small, to magnify is also limited. We see some things. We're able to get penetrate the cell, the level of the uh, the, the, the uh, chromosomes in the cell, the, uh, the, the molecules themselves, the atoms, and of the, by the time you reach the, the nucleus of the atom, after a great deal of space, it's you know, mostly emptiness. Uh, there's not much that you can say about that as well. In fact, no one has ever seen an electron, by the way. right? We understand that there has to be something there. But that's... Um, that's uh, just a limitation of our perception. And uh, even the, uh, the, the physicist, Sir James Jones, who, James Jeans, who lived around the same time as Baal Sulam, he said that the universe is looking more and more like a giant thought than a giant machine. He, he himself even started to realize, you know what, I, I, I'm, you know, that, that those limitations, those mechanical limitations, it's not how the universe works. It's got to be something much bigger, much grander. And it's true that uh, people do argue about what is the nature of creation, where it came from, how it's going, is there a God, is there no God? All those discussions are viable, they're very real, because they deal with our perception. And according to your healthy perception, this is what there is. There is nothing more. You are born, you live, you die, and this is it. And... I'm reading the chats, I'm sorry. Uh, you see? Uh, thank you for sharing, by the way, uh, Gerandi. Some people are sharing some interesting things in the chat. But the point is that this thing called perception is very fickle. So what do we do? Well, at best, 
we're left to express our feelings about it. So I can't really penetrate perception, but I can, I can make a mark about it. I can create some art. I can maybe ingest some mushrooms or some other substance that will expand my perception momentarily, show me that there is something more that I'm seeing than what I'm seeing. And maybe there are entire cultures that were more sensitive to other realms uh, in, in reality or other dimensions. But even, even they were limited. And we are limited still because all we have left is just leftovers from what they achieved. People feel intuitively that there is something beyond this reality. and They try to talk about it, try to uh, search for it, grasp it, um, define it, convey it, communicate it, find all kinds of methodologies and approaches for reaching a finer level of reality, a higher level of reality. It's happening in, in art, in religion, in, in medicine, uh, really everywhere that you look, uh, even in, the, in, in those Nazca lines that, that uh, supposedly primitive tribes were drawing, there were, there were uh, dozens and dozens, dozens of meters long in the middle of the desert in, in South America. Uh, and then all these depictions of other realms and the netherworld and, and of time and uh, of other abstract sensations that we're trying to convey to one another. There's no question that we're trying to, to share with one another, to communicate that there is something beyond, that somehow everything is interconnected and interwoven and interdependent, but we can't really talk about it with certainty. We can't really penetrate it. We're stuck, with the exception of a few exceptional individuals that, for whatever reason, were given a broader perception. But what can we do? Can we actually see the finer layers of reality? Can we penetrate those into those higher dimensions? Can we see the network that connects everything? Uh, can we see that which is more than what lies before our eyes? Is there a way to expand it, to actually go where all those uh, paintings and drawings and photograph photographies are, are showing us? Can we be like the mycelium that spreads throughout the world and never dies? Can we feel each other in this way directly? It's a question. And for the most part, humans have been involved with the search, with the meaning, with searching with giving meaning with creating and with deconstructing reality and this brings us to where we are today that sense of um, the deconstructed reality because and this is really the crux of this whole thing because everything i told you up till now you can find a lot of it online you can find most of it you can find some of it in our perceiving reality course by tony uh, there's no question that we're limited but now because of this limitation and in, in actually uh, controlling and being able to navigate reality we're starting to take it apart that's where it's taking us so i'm asking you this picture try to think what's common to these people take a look at them very closely study them if you will try to come up with i don't know what do you think is common to all these people what unites them what is common to them, what's special about them maybe.
Think about it. Take a look. Look deeper. Maybe even within yourselves. What's the deal with all those smiling people? Well, I'll tell you what's the deal. Um, because I, I don't have time to wait for you to write in the chat. And none of them are, uh, is real. None of these people are real. All these people that you saw are generated by artificial intelligence. They're all computer generated. They never existed. They were never born. They never lived. They will never die. They have no family, no memories, no achievements. They're simply machine made. And it's not only in image, uh, it's also in video as well. Um, actually, oh, hold on. Actually, I, I want to show you this video. Okay, hold on. I'll show, you, I'll show you the actual video. Hold on. Show a few seconds of it. We're entering an era in which our enemies can make it look like anyone is saying anything at any point in time, even if they would never say those things. So, uh, for instance, they could have me say things like, uh, I don't know, uh, Killmonger was right, or uh, Ben Carson is in the sunken place, or how about this, simply, President Trump is a total and complete dipshit. Now, you see, I would never say these things, at least not in a public address, but someone else would. Someone like Jordan Peele. Okay, not real, okay, not real. And uh, here's another interesting video that is, I hope it plays well. Oh, it doesn't play well. It's a little, uh, hold on a second. Let me try to fix that video. There's something a bit off with it. Uh, no that video will not play anyway you'll find a lot of these fake videos uh, online so there's no need to um, no need to um, waste your time with it um, but check this out <clears throat> this girl her name is Michaela she's an influencer on Instagram with 2.7 yeah that's right 2.7 million followers. Maybe for some of you it's old news, but for some of you it's probably shocking news that this woman does not exist. She's not real. She was never real. She was never born. Doesn't have a life. Uh, but it doesn't stop her from having a great Instagram account with uh, pictures, in fact, with real people and other experiences because we've gotten to a place where if we can't, uh, if the will to receive cannot escape this reality, it will start to take it apart until nothing will feel real at all. And why is that? Well, we're reaching the, the conclusion, so, so stick with me. So the human search for expanding the senses was guided by the ego, by the will to receive. I have a will to receive. I want more, I want more pleasure if I can somehow see better or hear better or touch more, or smell more, or eat more, whatever. I could conceivably have more pleasure. So that was 
the search for, for expanding the senses was always guided by this search for more pleasure, right? By the ego, the will to receive. This is what we call in Kabbalah the matter of creation. It's the will to receive pleasure. That's who I am. I'm designed in this way. And Kabbalists write to us that our essence is as the essence of all the details in reality, which is no more and no less than the will to receive. Fair enough. Therefore, all the search, all the searching, all the, all the giving of meaning, all the creation, everything that we've been doing, it was all stemming from our individual bubble that we described, the bubble of our, our perception that exists around our limited will to receive, our one-sided will to receive. And Kabbalists write that all the upper worlds and the lower worlds are included only in men, and all the reality in these worlds is only for men. So if you're alive, know that this was all done by design. It is supposed to be this way. It's all included in you. It's all for you. The question is what you make of it. So to grasp the full reality, we have to come out of our own bubble. That's a simple equation. Right? If I want to perceive something that's outside of this bubble, I have to somehow break through the bubble. Expanding the egoistic senses on its own will not do it. Science showed us it's not going to do it. Even other disciplines show us that it's really, really limited because I'm only seeing, hearing, touching, smelling, tasting, perceiving reality through my will to receive. So if I'm not coming out of that bubble, the bubble of the will to receive, then I'm stuck in my own limited perception. So beyond the senses, there probably lies something that is beyond our familiar space-time perception. And Kabbalists write about it. They said spirituality does not depend on time and space, and there is no death there. Great concepts. If this is the first time you're hearing it, wow, I envy you. Uh, if this is something you've already heard before, great. The question is, okay, how do you get there? How do we get from here to there? How do we get above space and time? Be above the limitations of the will to receive or the body, the human body, which is an expression of that will to receive. Well, imagine what might the complete reality feel like? Think about it. Could it be something that you can't even explain to yourself? Probably. Could it be something that no one can tell you about? Also, probably. Could it be something that you yourself have, just you have to attain by yourself and then you will know about it? Most likely. This is for you. No one else is going to do it for you. If someone is claiming to tell you about this other reality, turn in the other direction and run. Only you can attain it. When you attain it, great things happen, and you are able to connect to the entire network of creation. But that's a different story. But you will have attained it. You will have a feeling of it. You will feel as if you're grasping it in your own hands, and you'll be able to talk about it and to communicate it, at least to yourself. So, what I wanted to tell you is that you're in a great place because you have all these philosophers, 
spiritual people, shamans, mysticians, and and scientists, and artists, and media makers, and digital creators, and technologists, and futurists, and everybody, everything humanity was able to produce, you have that on one hand, on one side. I, I try to give you today just a little taste of that. And on the other side, you have Kabbalists, people who have attained a higher level of reality, were able to come out of themselves, come out of the grip of the bubble of the will to receive. And you are right in the middle because you've heard about what everyone else has to offer and now you're hearing about what Kabbalah has to offer and you're not able to take all of that and actually apply it on yourselves, by yourselves and also bring something to the world which is already of a higher nature. And the formula for all of that is very simply love your friend as yourself. Those words are not morals or ethics. Uh, they're none of those things. They're simply the beginning of a methodology that explains how do I come out of myself, come out of my one-sided, limited, incomplete, broken, extremely personal, um, finite perception of myself into a limitless reality, the one that exists right outside of your sense. It's right here. But to attain it, you have to start on this path towards the other. And that's what we do in Kabbalah. So, this is it. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. I'll take a couple of questions, but if you want to ask more questions on perception of reality and other aspects of the wisdom of Kabbalah, uh, you have... Um, I'm sure an invitation in the chat to join our Zoom, which starts right after this. And let's see, I have, do have a couple of questions, so I'll try to answer them quickly. So, um, John T is asking... Um, okay, I guess this question has to do with something that we watched, so I, I don't know what it is. Um, Lerato So is asking, what we believe to be our shared reality is a shared delusion. Correct. It's a, it's a, um, it's um, it's a precondition that allows us to function. Okay, there's a saying in Kabbalah: "Go and profit off of one another." It's a sort of an, an, an agreement, a uh, a precondition of the network that allows us to, because we are connected. That's the that's the funny thing. Our perception is limited, but we are actually connected. We are still part of one system. Even after, even though in Kabbalah we learn about the shattering, what shattered was our perception, not our actual condition. So it, it creates for us a shared illusion. Kabbalists call it, we were, uh, it was as if we were dreaming. Okay? So it's sort of a dream state whereby you're able to loosely communicate what you need, what you want, and because you're a will to receive and I'm a will to receive and we both want pleasure, we're able to somehow derive pleasure off of one another. That's how the system is, is organized. So, so we will have contact. We, so we're actually able to, um, to coexist because I have a deficiency and you have some, something that can fulfill my deficiency. And you have a deficiency and I have something that can fulfill your deficiency. And that allows us to connect. And you see that you connect with the world with other people only on that level 
As long as you don't share a deficiency in fulfillment, the rest of the world doesn't really interest you. It's only right when you hear some terrible thing happening somewhere. It's terrible for a moment. But then immediately you make a calculation. Well, does, is it coming here? It's not coming here. Okay, I can forget about it. That's how it works because it's only... So those fulfillments and deficiencies are clothed in those stories that we tell ourselves and all these other things that we constructed here in, in this reality. And they allow us to exchange the essence of deficiency and fulfillment clothed in some other layer. But do you really understand what the other is saying? It's a question. Uh, Aureli is asking, nothing is outside of us and everything is inside of us. Correct. The only thing, if you, you, know, if you want to get to the end of that story that I was just telling, is that yes, the, the, the whole world was created... Uh, the only thing that was created is the will to receive, the one will to receive, the one soul. So there's you, there's creator, and that's it. But the, the distance between you and the creator is filled with all these perceived individuals and multitude of elements, still vegetative, animate. All those are filling your perception and giving you a sense of fragmentation that separates you from the creator when you're able to absorb everything to find all those elements within you or rather to come out from yourself into them it's the same then you find the creator as well debbie brady your dreams coach the trouble your dreams coach the trouble is most people do not love themselves how can they love anyone else truly okay that's so Debbie, this is a this is a, a good question. Um, I will answer it more in depth. I want to keep it. I'll keep it. I want to answer it more in depth in the Zoom, because uh, here's a, it's a bit of a bombshell. But everyone loves themselves, but it's not the same way that you probably associate love with. Okay. In other words, everyone has a deficiency and is looking to fulfill that deficiency. The problem is that. This deficiency may have been a result of uh, all kinds of, you know, living in different environments and acquiring different habits and different deficiencies that you may consider destructive or negative and so on and so forth. But rest assured that every person loves themselves, meaning the love, in other words, is they will only do what is good for their will to receive, what will bring them fulfillment. And sometimes... Um, inflicting pain on a per, you know on oneself will give you that fulfillment. It's a terrible state of affairs. It's an indication of where we are as a society, where we are as you know humanity. How far we've evolved, or not far enough, to the point where we're starting to destruct, destroy ourselves. But it's not like this person doesn't love. Meaning he. He or they take all these deficiencies that they feel and they want to fulfill them. This is the definition of love. And loving the other is taking their deficiencies and trying to fulfill them. That is the definition of spiritual love. So in that sense, everyone loves themselves. It's not a Shakespearean love, but everyone is always working to fulfill their own deficiencies. And what Kabbalah says, many actually methods say it, but Kabbalah actually provides a methodology for reaching it, is start loving the other as if they are you. Meaning, you value your own deficiencies over everyone else's, value their deficiencies over your own. 
that's the the key. I'll, I'll talk more about it in um, uh, in the in the uh, in the Zoom. Uh, wait, uh, Milos is saying, where are everybody else? Then can you really make a solid argument that everybody else don't exist in one's mind, like everything else that constitute what we perceive as our world? Um, I'm not sure. You may you may ask. You may have asked and answered your own question, but yes, science cannot prove, or rather science is getting very close to proving that all this might be a simulation. And again, you can prove it from within the system. That's kind of like a, it's a, it's a, it's a feature of the system. It's called, there's a theorem by, uh, by a German mathematician called Gettel, and he talked about it, but you cannot prove or disprove the fact that this may or may not be a simulation. But you can definitely hypothesize, even with our limited brains, that we may very well exist in a dream state. You, how can you be certain that you're not asleep now and you will wake up soon, right? Just like when you're asleep and in a dream, a vivid dream, you, you are certain this is life until you've woken up, right? So the, the, it's very easy to trick the senses, right? I can put you to sleep and stimulate your visual cortex and you'll have vivid pictures and be certain you're doing all kinds of things and then you wake up like what now that happened so i can say with certainty that we can't say anything with certainty except for what kabbalists who attained the higher level of reality uh, wrote to us and they sort of lowered a rope for us to try to climb out of our limited reality into the complete reality that's what this whole conversation is about really if there is no way to come out of this simulation dream then let's go sleep you know go home take a sleeping pill and wake me up when it's over but if there is a way then it's worth exploring it again that's what i'm doing in kabbalah that's what others are doing as well uh, i'm just inviting you to give it a try um can you fake perception you can't fake perception as i, as I start that's lewis is asking but you can easily um you can fake so many aspects about what you aspects about what you perceive that you completely deceive the mind. So your mind is not going to be able to rely on what it learned in millions of years of evolution uh, in order to distinguish what is real and what is not, what is harmful and what is not. And it will look to the surrounding environment for confirmation. This is also the way we as humans survived in the savannah and also now in, in, in the social networks and also in reality so luckily the world is still not as wrapped up in this virtual bubble where everything is fake and you can't tell if something is something or not uh, there's, still, there's still some hard lines here and there but those lines are breaking down and also our willingness to look for those, li those lines is breaking down so people are going to be falling into the state of a stupor right and just receive enough stimulations to get by and and that, that that perception will be their perception they wouldn't even question that so you, you don't need to fake their perception you can just fake the the content of what they perceive and the brain will do the rest for them uh roll it a nonsense question isn't this life real you cannot tell my friend um Sadly, uh, you can only speculate uh, on the... Oh, maybe it's not, sadly. Uh, you can only speculate. Again, you can follow what Kabbalists left for us. They left some breadcrumbs for us to, to follow and, and through very specific experiments begin to acquire 
additional senses. In other words, begin to acquire another place from which to observe this reality or this level of reality. And then you'll be able to at least say something about it. You won't be able to say it about everything that you experience, but at least about that level. Um, Aurelio, nothing is outside of us and everything is inside of us. Yes, I think we talked about it. Um, our one passion, the illusion is easy to change if it is thought of as illusion. I, I, I hope I understand the question. The answer is thinking about it doesn't change it. Meaning if I think that gravity is an illusion, it won't erase gravity. If I think that I can, I'm invincible and I walk into the street, I'm going to run down, right? In my perception, my perception, again, is hardwired to how reality is built. It's the same, I'll make another example, and, and with that we'll close, and I'll, I'll invite you to the Zoom, and we'll answer the rest of the questions, but please post them and come to the Zoom, because we have to close. But I'll, I'll finish with this. If you remember when we saw this clip with the atoms and everything, the powers of 10, uh, you saw how between what we say is, is the cloud of electrons, which we cannot see, actually, really, really tiny, and the proton, the core of the atom, there's a, a vast emptiness, so vast that if you, if you understand that everything is made out of those atoms, which are mostly made of nothing, how come things don't pass through each other all the time, right? There's a certain, there are certain conditions in the system that have to do with the properties of these fluctuations and the electromagnetic relationship between them and other forces operating to give you a sense of one force against another force, which you call solid reality. And that perception, in turn, dictates your experience. But it's a perceptual, it's a persistent perceptual feature of the system. And again, I'm probably not the most qualified person to talk about it. There is a lot of stuff out there about it. My job today was just to alert you to the fact that it is, in fact, um, something worth questioning and that Kabbalah talks about and gives us a method by which to come out of it. I'll finish with just saying a couple of words about the upcoming retreat. So North America Kabu Retreat 2023, September 8th through 10. It's called, the slide says make it real, but I'll tell you a secret. It's actually, um, it's actually going to be called the three-day leap. Why leap? Because it's in those three days you can um, not only get such you know, recharge and get such such great feeling from joining, meeting other friends in nature, but uh, but it's you can you can actually accomplish so much inner work and answer questions and and do this work in relation to others, which is right what we do here in Kabbalah, that you can actually uh, make a huge leap in in your uh, in your advancement uh, in what you may call spiritual advancement or what. Everyone else here would just say advancement. It's not spiritual. It's simply advancement on your way to becoming a human who can perceive everything. Closer to God. Closer to the Creator. Similar to the Creator. So with that, I bid you farewell until the next time in uh, five, six weeks. And uh, come to the Zoom. I'll see you there. And this was Kabbalah Explained Simply. Have a great rest of the day. Thank <laughs> you.